Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Amen. Amen. I have a story I want to start off with, so if you'll listen to this story uh, today. A man went in for his annual checkup and received a phone call from his physician a couple of days later. And the doctor said, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. What's the bad news, the man asked. Well, you only have 48 hours to live. That is bad news, said the man. I'm afraid I have even worse news, said the doctor. What could be worse than what you've already told me, the patient stammered. Well, the doctor said, I've been trying to call you since yesterday. You may have heard that story before. Now, that's humorous, but how many realize that communication is important? Communication is vital, just as it was in that story there. But have you thought about this, how communication was created by God Almighty? In the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, I mean, this just blows me away. Adam and Eve strolled through the garden. The Bible says that the Spirit of God was there, that He communicated with creation. He fellowshiped and conversed with them. Just like I am conversing with you right now, He conversed with them. Communication started in the Garden of Eden. It's not new, something new. It's not something that uh, somebody developed over the last 20 years or 40 years or 100 years. It has existed since the beginning of time. Communication is the topic I want to speak to you on today. And um, I asked Anna if she would just come up and just share a couple of thoughts. And I put her on the spot because I didn't ask her until just a few moments ago. And I said, hey, Anna, would you just share a couple of things about relationship, about communication, what you feel is important on communication. So if you give her a big hand, she's going to come up and just share a, a few words, a few thoughts, and they might tie in to exactly what I'm going to say. Well, a little bit about communication. I just always think as um, husband and wife, you always need to be loving and kind. Um, sometimes I think even like with our answers, I think me being a female, depending how I feel, I could be snappy. I know that when the girls were younger and Raquel would keep me up all night and sometimes we would have to communicate, I'd be a little snappy. And one of the things I like that Rick really was in tune to that. So if I was a little snappy, he would back off. And I think vice versa, sometimes now that he's a little older and he gets a little tired, sometimes I do notice him a little snappy. And I think, you know, now it's time to, to be kind and gentle to him. So that's one of the things in marriage. As Christians, we're called to be servants. And even with your spouse, you're supposed to be loving and kind. And yes, yeah, sometimes maybe you don't feel like being loving and kind, but that's what God commands us to do, is to be loving and kind. And if they do answer snappy, just take a step back and answer in love, and the situation changes. Amen. Amen. Give her a big hand. That is so true. That is good right there. Loving and kind. It's so simple. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything to be loving and to be kind. Um, so true. Thank you. And that's why I married you, because you are full of wisdom. So again, this, this isn't directed just at couples today. It's directed at everybody who wants to have a 
communication, a relationship based on true communication, how to communicate. So question is, what is communication? What is communication? It's the act of transmitting information to get trans uh, tr uh, to transfer information from point A to point B, from you to somebody else. It's through conveyed through ideas, emotions, through conversation. It's conveyed like this. That's conversation right there. Men, we, know, we understand what that means. Hey, what's up? That's what that means. We just communicated. Ladies, you may have some other you know, way to communicate. You know, I've seen that look. Ladies know what I'm talking about because I hear that. But we all communicate in one way or another, good or bad. Listen to this verse in Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 3. This is out of the New King James Version. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. What it's conveying there to us is that we truly need to have wisdom. We really need wisdom in communicating. Your house will be built with wisdom. Your house, talking about you individually, will be built with wisdom. Do you think about what you're going to say before you actually say it? Or do you just say the first thing that comes to your mind? Because that's not wisdom, all right? I would just tell you, think about the things you're going to say. Sometimes you have to measure them, calculate them, especially depending on the circumstance that you're in at that moment. Each of us need to use wisdom. All or excuse me, not all communication is good. Sometimes some things are better left unsaid. And every married couple said, amen. So here's, here's my first question I have for you today. How can I communicate better, Pastor Rick? I may not be married here today. I may be single. I may be married. But how can I communicate better? That's what I want to touch on right now. Communication is about connecting. Connecting. Have you ever been with someone and then later they tell you, you know what? You're such a good friend. You're such a good communicator and you didn't say nothing all you did was listened it's because of how you made them feel in that moment you listened and all they did was talk and talk and all you did was just listen and listen and they walked out of that thinking that person's amazing and all you did was listen that's part of how you made them feel that's part of communication or communicating it's not just about sending but it's about receiving a good communicator communicates or connects with the person they are communicating to. Listen to this uh, saying that someone once said, doesn't matter who it was, but the saying is this, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Ooh, that one's deep right there. Let me say that again because you're, you're trying to twist or think about that one in your mind. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. And I'm talking to the men today, I think. Sometimes we think just because we said something that the other side received that or, un or even understood what you're trying to say. And vice versa, sometimes, ladies, just because you spoke it doesn't mean that your man comprehended what you're trying to convey. Can I get an amen? It's an illusion often. Just because you spoke it doesn't mean it was received 
on the other side? Are you listening and connecting, not only with your spouse, with the, with the classmate at, at school? Are you giving them eye contact? Are you looking at them? Or are you busy doing your own thing while they're trying to talk to you? Because that's not listening. That's just being in the same room with somebody. It's, it's, here's the first thing I would tell you. It's about picking the right time and the location to listen to somebody. So, for example, when, when Anna and I, we would discipline our kids, if we ever had to do that, or if we had a disagreement about something, we would always pick a right time and a place. That would usually be our bedroom. We would go in there, shut the door, and discuss whatever it is that we have to discuss. We wouldn't do that in the, in the living room with our kids there. We wouldn't do it in the presence of other people. You should always, as Anna pointed out, be loving and be kind to one another. And that's how you do it, being loving and kind, respecting that person. Amen? Uh, for example, a pastor should never discipline somebody in front of the whole church. You shouldn't have to do that. Now, I know that it, can, it has happened, it, it does happen, but it should be done one-on-one. How many agree with me? It should be done one-on-one in private. Amen? And that is the way to do it lovingly. That's how you communicate with somebody. Dr. Henry Cloud, a great Christian psychologist, said it this way in terms of communication. Texting is a brilliant way to, com- to miscommunicate how you feel and misinterpret what other people mean. How many have ever had a problem with a text, right? I think we all have. And I've shared this before. Years ago, there was somebody that I was close to that we were in a group text. And group text is where you can usually get in trouble. Because, and to this day, I really don't know what happened. This person got offended at a text I sent that wasn't even intended for this person. And it wasn't about even slamming anybody or, or, or using vile words, anything like that. But somehow this person thought that text was about them, and I wasn't even talking about anybody, and so they got all offended, and I got wind of this that same day. I went to their home. I apologized. I said, hey, you need to forgive me, and, uh, and uh, they did, and uh, we resolved that right there that same day, but all because of a simple text that was misinterpreted. If you are not careful, people will misinterpret misinterpret, misinter- I better stop right there, misinterpret what you're trying to convey. Because texting doesn't bring or doesn't give emotion. It doesn't give th- what you're trying to convey most likely. And, and so be careful with texting is what I'm trying to say. Pick the right time and location. Pick the right place and time. Speak to somebody one-on-one. Pick up a phone. Don't just text them or email them. Talk to them. Meet with them if possible. Second thing I would tell you is learn to listen. There's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Now, I could understand if God gave us two mouths and one ear, so we should talk twice as much as we listen if we had two mouths. But he didn't do that. He gave us two ears so we could listen twice as much as we speak. James chapter 1 and verse 19 Listen to these words. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. 
You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Aren't you thankful I don't speak like that? But it's so important to be quick to listen. Listen. Don't be so caught up in trying to say what you want to say and you're not listening to what's being said. I think we can all get caught in that trap of trying to respond before we even listen to the complete conversation. Amen? The biggest problem we have is we do not listen to understand. We listen to respond, and that's a problem. And I recognize that that will prevent you from communicating. If you're a young person here today, learn to listen. That'll be the biggest blessing in your life if you can learn to listen. Be a good listener. You will eliminate most of your problems if you listen because you're showing that person you care for them. Give them eye contact when you're talking to them. Nothing worse than somebody not looking at you and what you're telling that person is, I really don't care what you have to tell me, and I'm not interested, and, uh, and so you're not connecting with them. Communication is about connecting. Say that with me. Communication is about connecting. Amen. Proverbs 18 and verse 13 says this, To answer before listening, that is folly and that is shame something that you and I as believers shouldn't do to answer before listening. Listen to the whole thing. Even if you don't agree with them, even if you don't like it, listen to them. Sometimes we just have to listen to somebody and the, and the healing begins just in that simple process. Third thing I would tell you is listen to learn. Do you know that you're going to learn something about someone where they're hurting where they're at emotionally just by listening. You don't have to have all the answers in here for them. All you have to do is listen, and that'll convey so much information to you right there. We have to listen for the purpose of learning. There's a difference between listening and hearing. Listening and hearing. See, we can hear things. I hear the, the hum of the PowerPoint projector right now, right now. I'll hear the traffic outside. But I also want to hear you. I, I want to listen to you. I want to listen. I want to listen to the Spirit of God speak to my soul. I want to listen. I don't want to just hear it. We all hear things that'll confuse us, that'll take us off track, but we want to listen. Amen? Philippians 2 and verse 4 in learning to empathize with people, learning to, or listening to learn, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4 says this, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Again, it's not all about you, is a common phrase I like to say here that is from Rick Warren, but looking to the interests of the other person, of others. It's not just about you. So the question is, when you're having a conversation with someone, married or single, are you really under understanding where that person is coming from? Are you hearing their hurt? Are you hearing their emotion? Are you hearing where they're coming? Why are they so standoffish? 
Do you understand where they're coming from? Why are they so snappy? Do you understand where they're coming from? And it's not just in that moment. Something built up to that point to get them to that point. Amen? We have to learn to empathize. And yes, you may sit back and say, but Pastor Rick, they put themselves in that position. They're, they're hurting because of X, Y, and Z. They did this and they did that. Yes, but learn to empathize. There, by the grace of God, go you and I. Amen? And, and you should be thankful that you are of a sound mind, sound body here today, because you could be out there homeless today. But by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Learn to be aware of their emotions. That's what you do if you're a good communicator. You're looking for the emotions behind the response. Why is it that they respond like that? The fourth thing I would tell you is, well, actually, let me, let me say this before I go there. Effective communication requires more than the exchange of information. It's about looking into those emotions. It's about understanding. It's about listening to their heart. Amen? It's not just exchanging information. Robots do that. Computers do that very well, exchange information. But you and I are different. God created us to be able to connect with people, to connect with one another. And so the fourth thing I would tell you is be careful what you say. And everybody said amen? amen. Words, what, what's that old expression? Um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never, won't hurt me, right? That is so true, or so false. Such a lie. It's a lie. We all know that words hurt. In fact, I would dare say right now that no matter what age you are, there are some words that you can still recall right now somebody told you that still sting in here. Somebody said something to you along the way of life that you will forever remember. Maybe you've gotten past it, but you've never forgotten those words. Why is that? Because words hurt. It's very important how we say them, how we express them. Listen to this scripture in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Do you want to pierce like a sword or do you want to bring healing? That's the way you should communicate. How are you communicating? Be careful how you communicate. Be careful with the words you choose. Along with that is, is the foul language. You, you've often heard me say this. Foul language is the forced expression of a feeble mind. And I'll tell people straight up, I'll tell them that. Say, you have a feeble mind, and I'll tell them that. Because you don't have to use foul language to convey a point. You don't have to use foul language. And I'm not just talking to believers, I'm talking to the world. They don't need to use foul language. They just, that's how, how they're so used to speaking like that. You know, we were all there, amen? We were all there, but we don't have to live like that. God created you to clean up that old life. He gave you a new life, amen? Our tongue should bring healing. Our words should bring healing. So part of that is resolving conflict when we communicate, because there will be conflict. I guarantee you and I promise you here today, you will have conflict with others. 
Maybe not here in the church, but in your job place. Maybe it's at home with, with a relative. Maybe it's just with, with a friend. You will have conflict. So how do we resolve it? First thing I would tell you is re resolve it as soon as possible. Don't wait. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till mañana. You take care of it as soon as possible. If you do, you will get better and not bitter. Can I get an amen? Because there's nothing good about bitter. There's nothing good about being bitter in this world. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26 says this, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. The emphasis of that is, in your anger, because all of us are imperfect human beings, you will get angry. I promise you, that's another thing about us imperfect beings. You will get angry at some point. And when you do, the Bible tells us, don't sin. Don't do something foolish. Think before you speak. Think before you act. Ask the Lord, wisdom, I need wisdom right now, and he will grant you wisdom, amen? The second thing I would tell you in resolving conflict is make resolution the priority rather than winning or being right. All of us want to be right. There's no doubt about that in any conversation, but sometimes you just got to let it go, amen? You got to let it go. Unresolved stuff will prevent you from having a blessed relationship. Don't worry about who's right. And here's what you have to remind yourself, and I try to do this. I'm not perfect at this, but I always say, a year from now, is it really going to matter who's right or wrong? No. 99% of the time, it won't matter. It won't matter who, the, who you think the greatest NBA player in History is, whether it's Michael Jordan or LeBron James, it won't matter a year from now. Whether it's Willie Mays or Babe Ruth in baseball, what, you know, you pick the topic, it doesn't matter. Focus on the relationship. James 4.1, chapter 4 and verse 1 says this, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires? that battle within you. And part of that desire is your flesh wanting to be right. And, and sometimes you just have to give it up and say, okay, you know, you're right. You win. And, and, and that other person has to deal with that, right? But don't let it be you that's dealing with that. Don't let it be you that, that's always striving to be right and pushing everybody away. Make resolution the priority rather than trying to win every argument. And then the third thing, re resolving conflict, that I would tell you is focus on the present. Are you not letting go of what he said, what she said, last week, last month, last year? Quit living in the past mistakes and in forgiveness. Don't bring up the past. Have you learned that in communication? With your friends, don't bring up the past. Be in the present. You're dealing with subject, topic, matter right now. 
deal with that. Don't deal with this other topic that was an issue five years ago, two years ago, six months ago. Deal with this subject. Amen. Usually that person is more concerned about winning the conflict rather than focusing on the relationship. If you're not focusing on the present. And the fourth thing in, re in regards to resolving a conflict is own your part of the conflict. It's not always everybody else's fault. Can I get an amen? It's not always everybody else's fault. It's not always his fault. It's not always her fault. It's not always blankety blank's fault. Sometimes you and I have to take ownership of that. Sometimes we have to say, yeah, I done messed up again, right? And take ownership of that. Be accountable. As I said, none of us are perfect. We are imperfect people in an imperfect world. We all fall short. And sometimes those, those issues that we have come out and we see them displayed. Don't beat us up over that. Just give us grace to grow, to get better. Amen? Matthew chapter 7 and verse 3. You're all familiar with this scripture, but it says this. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Ooh, that one hits hard right there. I mean, this is, this is the word of God right here telling us, he's calling us hypocrites when we're calling out people. Be careful what comes out of your mouth is what we're trying to learn here, what we're trying to resolve here. Own that part of the conflict Acknowledge your shortcomings before you go attack one another. You're not so perfect either. Amen? So own your part of the conflict. The fifth thing I would tell you in regards to, to resolving conflict is pick your battles. Pick your battles. You don't have to win every battle. Amen? You don't have to go after that person over every little thing. You got to know, as the, as the great philosopher Kenny Rogers once said, you got to know when to hold them, and you got to know when to fold them. Amen? It's not about winning the battle, but it's about winning the war. Winning the war. Even with your children, you need to pick your battles. The Bible says to be very careful to, don't, to not instigate your children, because they'll grow up just angry, angry at at parents, amen? Are you just constantly, is the only thing that they hear from you is nagging? That's not healthy. I mean, I get it. As parents, we need to nag, but we can't just be nagging 24-7. We have to also show them love. We also have to show them that we care for them, that we're there for them emotionally, amen? Are you communicating, connecting with your family and loving them? The book of Peter, chapter 3, 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Do I have that? Do we have that? And it's up there. There it is. Finally, all of you, be like-minded. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and humble. Wow. I mean, that's a lot right there. 
Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. What it's saying is if you pay evil with evil, that's what you're going to get back. If you insult people, guess what? You're going to get insulted back. But if you bless somebody else, you'll, you'll receive a blessing back, even if they insulted you. That's the amazing thing about God's Word. God turns it around and transforms it for your blessing, for your good. Amen? I love that about our Lord. But what do I do if it seems hopeless? Pastor Rick, you don't understand. This, this, this relationship, it's in a bad place. It's in a terrible place. Well, what do you do when, you, when there's an emergency around you? What, what do you do when there's a shooting right down the street? You call 911, amen? You call for help. If we're in danger, we call for help. Number one, call on God for help. I think we get so caught up sometimes in our situation and, and we forget to say, Lord, help us. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm calling on you right now. Heavenly Father, I need your help. Are you doing that in the middle of your trial? Because to me, it's amazing how many people do not look to God. Instead, they're, they're going to their friends. They're posting on social media how bad their world is. And the last thing they're doing is going to God. That should be the first thing we need to do. <clears throat> James chapter 4 and verse 2 says this, So you quarrel and fight. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Lord, help us to ask you to start with you to resolve conflict when it seems hopeless. You see, in that, in that instance, when you begin to do that, you'll find common ground with the other person. You'll begin to discover, oh man, I know why they're so angry. That I went through exactly what they're going through a couple years ago or last year. Or, or their home life was just like mine. I understand now better why they're dealing with what they're going through. Or I, I understand now because of the boss they have at work. Now he's bringing that home and I understand it now. Find common ground with that other person. And then at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to agree to disagree agreeably. That means walking out in resolution and I don't agree with you, but I, I agree to disagree with you agreeably, and we can walk away from each other and not have a spat between us, not have, not have issues between us. And, and unfortunately, we don't see that in our world. You're either red or you're blue. I'm talking politically. There's no middle ground, and that's a shame. It's really a sad, sad place that we're living in. We need to discover what that common ground is with that other person. And as I close here today, I would, I would tell you this. Be willing to forgive and focus on reconciliation or reconciliation. Be willing to forgive. That's hard. But Pastor Rick, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know how cruel they can be. No, but God knows. God sees. God knows all. You see, forgiveness, and I've preached on this many times, forgiveness is the key to a healthy relationship. 
At the end of the day, do you want peace? It has to start with forgiveness. Because I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than living in turmoil, living in conflict, living with no peace. You know the bumper sticker that said, no God, N-O God, and then it would say, N-O peace, no peace. But right below that it would say, no God, K-N-O-W, to know him. And then next to that it would say, no peace, K-N-O-W. How much peace do you want? Do you want peace in your life? Do you want resolution in your life? Then focus on forgiveness, on reconciliation. Are you looking to your husband and your children or your job for peace, for your 401k? Hopefully not. Peace only comes from above. In the middle of all the storms of life, peace comes through reconciliation, through forgiveness. And that only comes from our Heavenly Father. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24 said this, Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering to the Lord. The Lord doesn't want to have your worship if you have something, an issue with your brother or with your sister or with someone. Take care of that first is what the Lord's telling you. Resolve that first, then come and give him glory and honor and praise. Amen? I want to close with another story here at the end, and I'm sure you'll appreciate this story. It's about two brothers. They lived on adjoining farms, but they had a big fight. They had often shared their resources, but that practice stopped. And there was nothing left but bitterness because they didn't resolve it. One morning, one of the brothers, named John, answered a knock at the door. And it was a carpenter. And the carpenter asked if there was any work to do on his farm. And John said there was something he could do. And he took the carpenter to where the two properties met and showed him how the other brother had taken a bulldozer and created a creek where the meadow used to be. And John said, I know he did this to make me angry. And I want you to help me get even by building a big fence so I, won't have, so I won't have to see him or his property ever again. So the, carp the carpenter worked hard all day. And when he reported back to John, John noticed there was no fence. And the carpenter had used his skill and built a bridge over the creek instead of a fence. John's brother saw the bridge and was quite moved that his brother would do such a thing. The two brothers met in the middle and they embraced. They saw the carpenter packing his tools and asked him to stay a while and do some more work. And the carpenter replied, I'm sorry, but I have other bridges to build. Wow. Ephesians 
Last scripture I want to read to you. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. The question I would ask you today as I close, does the Lord have a bridge for you to build in your life today? I'll let that sink in. Does the Lord have a bridge for you to build in your life to bring about reconciliation, to bring about closure? Or are you going to keep ignoring that, that bitterness, the, the unforgiveness? It starts with communication, just as in this story. The brother didn't want to build a bridge, but just the thought of that, just the action of that, the other brother thought he was reconciling, and he came and embraced them. A simple action will bring about reconciliation today between you and somebody else that you may need to take care of. If you'll stand with me today, we're going to close. Again, it starts with communication, which leads to forgiveness which leads to reconciliation. Reconciliation is a beautiful thing, and that's part of communication. You receive that today? If you, if you receive that today, raise your hand today. Amen. Amen. We're going to pray. If you want prayer up here, you're more than welcome to come up here, and Pastor Rick will pray for you. But I want to pray today for each one of us that we would learn to be better communicators because that can always improve. doesn't matter who you are, what walk of life you have. We can always become better communicators. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. And Father, we're challenged today to be better communicators, to be better, to, to be more kind and loving to one another. It's not about me winning every single battle, being right every single time. But Lord, it's about making a connection with that person. It's about showing them that I care, that we care. Lord, I, I pray for every single person here in their relationships, whether at home, where they live, in their household, in their community, those relationships at work, wherever they may be, where they have friendships, Lord, I pray, God, that you would help them, that you would first start with by granting them wisdom in how to speak, how to listen, and what to say. Father, that forgiveness would come, that they would learn to forgive one another and those that they've wronged, and that, Lord, then that that they could bring praises and glory and honor to you. And we do that today, Lord. We worship you. We love you. We thank you. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you for your amazing love. We thank you that you care for us. Even though we're so imperfect, Lord, and we fail you time after time, Lord, you care for us. Your grace and your mercy is wonderful. And it reaches and touches every one of us. So, Father, I thank you for each one here today. 
Bless them, Lord. Bless their relationships in communicating with one another. Bless every household here today. And we close with our blessing today. If everyone would just lift your hands up and receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. What a beautiful picture up here I see right now with your hands raised up. Just keep them raised right now. Just receive right now what God has for you. Just receive that. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for your blessing for this time, Father. Oh, God, we love you. We want more of you. We want to be more like you. Oh, God, forgive us, Lord, today. Lord, forgive us of a, of a meanness, of being unkind toward others. And, Lord, replace that with love, with compassion. Show us how to be a friend to others. Give us wisdom as we speak, Father. Give us wisdom. And Lord, most of all, may I be the friend to you that you are to me. Lord, every day, let me draw closer to you as you walk with me daily, as you take care of all of my needs, Lord. Help me to acknowledge your presence every day in my life. And I forever will be grateful and give you the glory and honor that belong to you. So, Lord, we love you and thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. God loves you. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.